This podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not to be construed as an offer, solicitation, recommendation, or endorsement of any particular security, product, or service. For more information, visit AssetBuilder.com. From the Asset Builder headquarters in Dallas, Texas, welcome to Keep It Simple, a show that discusses simple techniques and philosophies to help de-stressify investors around the world. I'm your host, Jared Herzog, and welcome to the show. Welcome. It's good to be here. Your second podcast. How are you feeling? Well, third, second, it's probably going to publish right after some some back and forth. Um, How are you feeling? You ready for it? I feel I am on top of the world right now. I love it. I'm <laughs> done with the uh, school. So I, yeah, I'm we should great. say shout out to Joey who completed, we assume yeah. final grades have yet to be posted, <laughs> but I think we're mathematically confident. Yeah. Joey, as of two days ago, yeah, Monday, has Monday, Monday has completed his MBA program at uh, so, UTD. So, so very proud of him. Excited for him. It. I think it's a testament to your, your intelligence, your capabilities, man. We're happy for you. We're proud of you. Yeah, no, and we're selfishly glad today that we get to leverage some of that (laughs) that knowledge in today's conversation. Um, It's we're recording this a couple of days, maybe a week and a half before Christmas, Mm -hmm. coming up in what ten days, nine days. So we thought it'd be kind of fun to do just to have a conversation about uh, what should you do if you get a either a end of year bonus, a Christmas Mm -hmm. bonus. Hopefully, for a lot of our listeners out there, you are. You, know, you have the prospect of a bonus, hopefully yeah. getting one. I know it's been a rocky year in the market, but nonetheless, it's a pretty common thing. So mm-hmm. we thought it'd be a good idea just to run through some some a hierarchy of what should you do with that yeah. bonus check? How should you think about that bonus check? What should you do with it? I know that you know it's easy to find things to spend money on, but if you yeah. can put a little bit of thought into it and avoid that first impulse, mm-hmm. maybe find a little bit better, more more useful option than just buying that thing that you've had yeah. your on for a yeah. while. So Joey, I'm going to turn it over to you. Start us off. What is the first thing you should consider doing with a Christmas bonus? I mean, first thing, well, <laughs> to kind of reframe it a little bit, a, a thing that you want to do with a Christmas bonus uh, or a year-end bonus for however your company calls it. But um, if you can have a plan in place before you get that bonus, just so that you know exactly what to do with that money before you get that money, um, is great. And also something that's really important and kind of a overarching theme of this podcast specifically is don't plan to get the bonus. Don't put that in your yearly plan as if it's like a, an extra like set income that you expect to be coming in, treat it as what it is, which is a bonus. Right. Um, and then have that plan that kicks in once you should, you get it. Um, and then, and then go from there. But the number one thing I think, and this kind of goes in line with, uh, last week's podcast, which is if you can pay off high interest debt, do it fast. And I mean, I mean, fast. I mean, there's some numbers on here, right? Credit card debt, which is about 18 to 20% of, of interest. Um, personal loans average about 14% and then student loans, which I'm right in line with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're familiar. I, I am. Oh man. <laughs> I am very thankful for those three letters, but yeah. Oh gosh, they, they have a price tag. With yeah, them that they you do. You can't see. Uh, they, do. they do. But if you can pay out, start paying out that student le- uh, student loan debt, uh, which is uh, according to research about eight or 5.8%, yep. um, that would be great. So any, any high interest and in, that falls in a range and it depends on where you look of what that means, what high interest debt mm-hmm. means. Um, it's like six to 8% is usually where it yeah, is. I, I think, you know, we get a question a lot. And I think it's a common question, you know, anytime you get extra money or, or when you get a raise or even sometimes if, you know, people that are in retirement, they'll, they'll enter retirement, they'll go, well, I've got, 
you know, let's say like four years or seven years left on my mortgage with X amount of dollars, what makes the most sense? Should I take the money out of my retirement savings and pay it down? Anytime you're facing this debt question, right? Well, how do I get rid of this debt? I think it's helpful to think of, you know, whether it's high interest or not, the question is, well, what's the opportunity cost of that money, right? Yeah. If you get a bonus for $5,000 and you've got credit card debt sitting there that's $4,500, well, the only way that it would make more sense to do something else with that money is if you could put it somewhere where it's going to grow yeah. faster than that 18 to 20% interest. And Which if you, odds are just not good. Yeah. If you find some place, let, let us know where you can yeah, guarantee 18% exactly. to 20%. Right. So it yeah. always gets back to what's going to grow faster, right? Yeah. Like if you can put that money where it's going to grow, then yes, grow your wealth faster than you're growing your debt. But that's why we, we start with credit card debt, right? And then work your way down from there is because odds are you're just not going to be able to find somewhere that's going to pace your wealth growth yeah. at the same rate that your debt is growing. So yeah. getting that debt down is so key. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more with that one. A second one I think is, is also kind of common sense, but mm. um, max out your retirement accounts. Yeah. Right now, yeah. this could be your in-plan account at work. This could be your IRA outside of work. This could mm -hmm. be your Roth IRA, but any retirement accounts that have tax benefits associated with them, mm -hmm. be doing everything you can to max those out. And it gets back to what you said when we opened, which is this is why it's important to not have that bonus already kind of appropriated in your mind, mm -hmm. right? Like not already have spent it on something or not be banking on it for something that's already in your budget, right? Live yeah. at your means, live at your salary. And then when you get that bonus, you have the option to do something that requires patience, that requires um, uh, a little bit delayed more gratitude. Yeah. yeah, more more discipline, right? It doesn't. It's not exciting to put it in your four hundred one k. It's not exciting to put it in your IRA, but that's going to have the biggest long term benefit for yeah. you, and it'll have some benefit in the short term, but certainly over the long term. And those those contribution limits are higher than you would probably think. I, I read a stat somewhere. I'll have to, I'll, I'll try to find it and put it in the show notes. Uh, but very few people are actually maxing out their, mm -hmm. their retirement plans. Yeah. Uh, for 2022, uh, contributions for an employee, the cap is 20 and a half thousand going up to 22 and a half thousand for next year for 2023. And if you're mm -hmm. above 50, like with IRAs, there are yeah, higher exactly. allowances for that. Yeah. Um, in general, max contributions by employees and employers is 61K this year, 66K next year. Mm -hmm. So unless you're a very high earning employee, yeah. chances are you're not maxing that out. Take that money, pile it away, put yeah. it away, get the tax benefit, and and your future self will thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think I was reading another article earlier, I think either last week or this week, but talking about like what are the main concerns of people when they retire and it's we didn't save enough. Yeah. And it's like, well, you're there now, yep. you know, and now we have to have that not the most fun conversation about we've got to change expectations for what your lifestyle is going to look like for the next hopefully 20 years, right? You want to mm -hmm. live 20-ish years. Mm -hmm. Um and so uh, that's, that's tough. So if you can max out, if you can do that discipline early on, like you're going to, like you said, delayed gratification, but man, is that going to be awesome yeah. when you, when you have that come 65 or whenever it is that you retire. Yep. Um, let that yeah. compound interest work, but it's that idea of, you know, it's a lot easier to let that go if you never mentally held it in the first yeah. place. Oh yeah. Right. So if Absolutely. you didn't earmark it, if you didn't spend it before you got it, it's a lot easier to just let it go and kind of just flow through the the, the budget yeah. as opposed to being allocated in that budget. Yeah. Um, take us to number three. So number three is something that we're going to love here, uh, is just invest, uh, invest that money. Um, 
outside of your 401k, right? Put it in an index fund. And that's something that we do here, right? Mm -hmm. With DFA, that's who we go through. Um, And they do a a version of indexing, right? They do smart indexing. And Adam could drive home that point really well. Um, But yeah, I mean, just in, in that way... Um, and if you're not going through us, I, I'd still want you to be investing, right? I still yep. think that's one of the wisest moves you, you can make with money. Um, and, and going into an index fund is probably going to get you the results that you want, mm-hmm. right? It, market timing is, is never going to, it's not going to work out for you in the long run. Uh, trying to cherry pick stocks is really dangerous, uh, to be honest, yep. unless you are, and even if you do really know what you're doing, it's still very dangerous, uh, in the sense of like, you could lose a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just going into an index fund, um, and, and, and plugging your money in there and letting it grow, compound interest over time—it's—it's it's a great—it's a great move. And it's very simple, right? It's yep. a very simple move. It, you don't have to overthink it. Um, do your research. Do a little bit of research on which fund you might want to put it into. But for the most part, yeah, an index fund—you can't yeah. really go too wrong. Yeah, and I think you know the reason this one's probably subjugated to retirement accounts is because there is that that added tax benefit mm-hmm. to a retirement account, and just looking at you know, population-wide data, most people aren't maxing out their retirement accounts, whether it's IRAs or, or in-plan stuff. So yeah. that I think is the higher probably priority for most people. However, there's a lot of people where that might not be the best thing yeah. to do, yeah. right? I mean, there is, and I've, I've talked about this before, but I think there's kind of a assumption that IRAs are better, quote, um, than brokerage accounts or taxable mm-hmm. accounts. And the fact of the matter is, there are some great things about IRAs, but they're not better. They're just different, right? Mm-hmm. In some ways, taxable accounts. And by taxable, I just mean your non-IRA, right? Yeah. You open up a brokerage account and throw after-tax money in it to invest. Those accounts are really helpful to have as well, mm-hmm. especially when you get into retirement. It gives you a lot of flexibility. And so there's they're not inherently bad. They're just different. And so it... Mm-hmm. It takes a little bit of time and you do want to learn those differences and, and yeah. why they're different, but don't shy away from building up taxable wealth. You should attempt to build up taxable wealth. Yeah. Um, but in the hierarchy of priorities, I think most people, uh, unfortunately, are probably falling short of doing the most they can with their retirement stuff. So yeah. once you've capped that, absolutely, especially if you have a, a bonus that you know, is a larger percentage of your salary, which there are a lot of industries where that's the case. Maybe that's going to, you know, there's going to be some surplus there. Man, start building that taxable wealth. Yes, you're going to have to pay taxes on dividends and income. And yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. That's all fine and good. But I mean, something that we can see with a taxable account is something that we're doing right now for a lot of clients is tax loss harvesting. You can't do that inside a retirement account, right? right? So, I mean, that's just, and that's not that often, right? Uh, yeah. And but it is it is just a little bit of. A, but it's one way to make it down market work yeah, for you. Yeah, right? it's a little like benefit you, that is only in a a taxable account or that's right. a regular just investing brokerage account. So that's right. And yeah. there's so many platforms. I mean, it it's never been easier in human history to invest than it is today. It is wild. You can yeah. get your check on a Monday at nine. You could be fully invested by ten thirty from yeah. the comfort of your your seat that you're in with your phone in your hand. So is, there's no excuse not to be doing it. And again, I'm going to keep stressing. I don't care if your bonus was two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Invest it. Yeah. Invest it. Compound interest is a magnificent. Truth. <laughs> it is um, amazing. And take advantage of it, no matter how big or small your bonus might be. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to take you to the next one. Restock your emergency fund. Mm -hmm. And I think this is kind of a timing thing, right? Because I think, you know, hopefully most people are, they do have some form of an emergency fund, whether it's, 
specifically set aside or whether that's just some amount that you hold in savings. Yeah. I think we all on some level, either explicitly or, or just kind of intuitively have a rainy day fund mm-hmm. and life happens, right? Particularly, oh, yeah. I mean, years like this year, we've seen, you know, as we've gotten to the end of the year, we've seen more layoffs kind of starting to happen a little bit, particularly mm-hmm. the tech space markets are down. So if we do hit those hard times, it's good to have that emergency fund and they get drawn down throughout the year. Right, life happens. I just had to put two new uh, deadbolts in my house, unforeseen, and that's you know not going to put us in the street. But it's yeah. nice to just have a little bit of reserve there to be able oh, to be yeah. okay. Like this doesn't this doesn't affect me in the short term, right? It was yeah. accounted for. However, that does mean that I need to replenish that at some point so that we're prepared for the next thing that's going to yeah, happen. Exactly. And so, it's, and the and the rule of thumb is like three to six months of expenses, right? Yep. Yep. And that's just how risky you want to be or how conservative you are, right? Yep. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I think a lot of people see that those emergency funds come into play, one, when they lose a job, and hopefully that's not the case. But, mm-hmm. uh, and two, it seems to be like cars, man, cars, <laughs> no one plans for their car that's to break right. down. No one plans for their tire to pop, right? Yeah. And those things <laughs> yeah. are, one, really annoying, and two, really expensive usually. That's so, right. Uh, you can cross your fingers and hope for a patch on that tire, and it might cost 20 bucks, but most likely, uh, and it yeah. seems like every time I pop my tire, it is not, <laughs> it's not but a also patch. Usually every, time I, every time I pop a tire, they're like, well, you could get one new tire, yeah. but then you're going to have uneven wear. You might as well just buy all four tomorrow. Yeah. I never know. Like, is this true? Do I need to buy four yeah. tires? Can I get away with just one? If I buy the one, am I going to start like pulling to the left? Yeah. Like, what's going to happen? Yeah. yeah. So what do I care? <laughs> yeah. But no, it is absolutely yeah. those types of things. Um, yeah. And I think if, if you can build up that, and, and you could argue, maybe this should be higher up on the list, but ultimately you have to evaluate where you are and where yeah. your finances sit and then rank kind of some of these options based on that. Right. Yeah. If, I mean, this is not a conclusive list by any means. Right. And especially the order is not, yeah, I it's would not say definitive. the payoff debt maybe might be number one regardless, but I would agree yeah. with you. Yeah. I would agree with you, but, but, you know, take ownership of your own finances, yeah. be aware of where you're at, be aware of, of, uh, what priorities should be for you <laughs> and then start knocking them out. Right. But yeah. again, it goes back to that discipline of, don't assume you're going to get that bonus. Yeah. Let the bonus be a bonus. Don't bank on it. Don't earmark it. I know it's hard. I've I've done it. I mean, I've done it where I've definitely earmarked already. It's like mm-hmm. we're doing that. And and that money probably could have been used more efficiently, yeah. right? So it always is going to fall back to that. Tell me about a 529 plan. So, um, yeah, the next the next thing that we suggest, and this one is, this one even gets more... Um, as, as a greater variance between person to person, just because not mm-hmm. everyone has kids, mm-hmm. right? And if they do have kids, they might already have, they might already be out of school, um, but you might have grandkids. Um, but a 529 plan is uh, basically a college saving plan, um, just to put it brief and simple. Uh, they're usually state sponsored. Um, there are there are benefits to it, right? There's no, it's, it's grows tax deferred. It's pre-tax dollars, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. Pre-tax dollars. And you can withdraw it without... In having any uh, tax penalties if that expense or what you're withdrawing it for is a qualified um, educational expense. Educational expense. So So basically it's tax-free money that remains tax-free as long as it goes toward... Yeah. Educational expenses. So, yeah, that is a way better way to say that. No, (laughs) I mean, no, no, no. I'm not not trying to redefine (laughs) what you're saying. Um, But it it is a very valuable tool. Now, again, it's funny. I just had this conversation yesterday evening with a client... Mm -hmm. Uh, where for them in particular, like the goal was we want to save for their grandkids' yeah. educational mm-hmm. expense. What's funny, you know, the grandkid I think was like 12 and 
he was just very um, like almost it, it came across as very loving, mm. like in a loving way. He was like, you know, he's such a good kid. You know, I don't know if he's one of those kids where college is a guarantee. Yeah. You know, he's got a lot of different interests and he's really smart, but he likes to, you know, he likes to do a lot of different things. I don't know what his path is going to be. Mm-hmm. And so for them, a 529 wasn't the best option only because then you're kind of locked into, yeah. you know, what that account is, is intended for. Yeah. So we walked through custodial account. Well, don't want to do custodial account because they didn't want that automatic ownership at 18. Yeah. So for them, it was as simple as, Hey, we're going to open up a separate brokerage account and, and have the appropriate risk profile and everything mm-hmm. based on the time horizon for educational expenses for that 12 year old. But it gave them the flexibility to adjust right down yeah. the road. If the plan kind of unfolds in an unforeseen way. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it was, it was a really, I mean, I love that kind of conversation a, because it's always cool to me to see like a granddad, mm-hmm. you know, and he was so sweet. He, he, he asked me, Hey, what can we do? What can I give him? I want to be able to get, cause that was his Christmas gift, yeah. right? As he's funding this 529. Yeah. Which to a 12 year old at the time, I mean, now as, as a 27 year old, if I had Oh, knew yeah. I had a 529 plan, I would have been like, oh my gosh, I understand that gift. But like, it's hard on Christmas day to be to like, not have something 529 like 529 plan kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and Santa brought, <laughs> and so that was his yeah. question was like, what can I, what can I give to him that he can unwrap and kind of get a sense for? So we, we kind of yeah. banded it back, but it was just sweet to see yeah. how much he cared, how much he wanted his grandson to not appreciate it so that he could, you know, be this generous guy, yeah. but like he just wanted good things for his grandson, Yeah, you know, awesome. and, and, this is a really good way that others can do this, right? Mm-hmm. If you, and it doesn't have to be a family member, I'll stress. Yeah. You can open up, a, anybody can be the beneficiary of a 529. So, um, you know, if you, if you are in lucky enough to be in a position to, to do that, if yeah. you don't have kids or don't have grandkids or don't have grandkids yet, find mm-hmm. somebody in your life, right? Yeah. There's, there's somebody at your church in your community at your workplace somewhere. Yeah. And this is a really efficient way, um, to help someone in their life oh, in yeah. a really Absolutely. meaningful way. Absolutely. And, and multiple people, it doesn't, it, that granddad doesn't, it isn't the only person that can uh, right. contribute to that account, right? Like That's his right. parents can contribute to that account and aunts and uncles, That's right. even non-family members can contribute to that account. So if you open up a 529, um, multiple people can yeah. share to it. So it Absolutely. doesn't just have to be one person. So, yep. but, he, that, he's just but, that, kid, it, right? but that kid can only have one 529 account. So just make sure that's clear. Yeah. One beneficiary yeah. per account. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, no, I love that one. That one's near and dear to my heart. Yeah. You know, if you do what we do, you know, 529s can be a little bit of a headache to actually work with, but it's always worth it because oh, yeah. you kind of yeah. know what's going to come of it and, and it's always coming yeah. from the right place. Um, all right. I want you to talk about this because you, you are, you just finished up a big kind of phase of your life where you were doing exactly this. Yeah. And this is, uh, and I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, so invest in yourself and that, and that is, again, this is where we started to get at the bottom of the list where it's like, now you can do with it what you want, really. Right. You know, if you've met see these other things and again, pick and choose what's, what's the most important thing to you to do. Um, but like number six on our list is invest in yourself. And that is either getting a class, like, I don't know, a master class. I mean, there's, there's so many learning opportunities out there online now that oh, aren't yeah. necessarily associated with the university, but like get a class to help you, uh, build a skill to do better at your job or find a new position. Um, or, I mean, it wasn't with bonus money, but, um, like start looking at schools, investing in schools. You could put it into a 529 plan again, <laughs> yeah. um, but like, yeah, I mean, try to find something that. Uh, or, or a skill that you've always wanted. It doesn't even have to be to improve your job positioning. It could be like, if you really want to learn how to cook something and just improve the overall happiness of your life, 
go for it. That's awesome. That's the key right there. Yeah. What you just said, yeah. in my opinion, you know, when we're talking about these and it's certainly, I think when we hear that phrase, invest in yourself, you typically think of like, whether it's an educational route or some kind of self-help route or whatever. And, and those are all fine and good. I think the way I would kind of define that is something, spend the money on something or put it towards something, invest in something that is going to provide a return other than just the the tangible like good itself, yeah. right? Like the yeah. thing, whether it's a car or or a new you know, piece of clothing or even like yeah. an experience that's fun while you're doing it, but then yeah. it's kind of gone. It's ethereal. Like mm. that instant gratification component is so, so empty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we talk, I mean, if I've taken doing this for a living, if I've taken away anything, and there's a lot of things I've taken away from doing this, but <laughs> one of the ones that sticks out is, man, I've had the opportunity to work with people all across the spectrum. I mean, we are proud at Asset Builder that of course, we work with really successful people, mm-hmm. but we also are passionate about working with, they're successful, but they might not have the same financial means, yeah. right? Yeah. And so they yeah. range the spectrum. And what I've learned is there's no correlation between the size of the bank account and the the, the attitude of the person. Yeah. Or the overall level of happiness yeah. of the person. Yeah. Like just the, the heart position that a given yeah. person has, right? Like yeah. it is completely based on their choice, how they're going to how they're going to view the world, how they're going to interact and approach the world. Mm -hmm. And that is not dictated by your bank account. Now, yes, your bank account can provide opportunities, but Mm -hmm. I have, I have come across so many people and worked with, you know, a good number of people that have what anybody by any reasonable measure would say is more than enough. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're just discontented people. They're not happy. And, and so I think, taking this bonus and using it on something that is going to, in a positive feedback way, like mm-hmm. improve your life, improve your, your mind, your yeah. heart, your well being. Maybe you go buy a gym membership, mm-hmm. right? Maybe you go buy a subscription to Peloton or I don't know yeah. what it is, but yeah, something that is going to just make you better than you were yesterday, make your life better yeah. than you were yesterday. That's actually going to sustain and, and yeah, that improvement's going to show up 20 years down the road, not just, oh, it was, I, you know, I felt excited when I bought that sweater and then yeah. a week later, yeah. like, whatever. No, I a hundred percent agree with you in, in that, in that I think the way I interpret invest in yourself, right. Is kind of like find a, it, and this is me personally of like, mm-hmm. I would invest it into finding a skill. Right. Yeah. And that's, absolutely. and that can be a, a range of things. Again, could be to help your job. It could not be, but, yeah. um, like, but I, I would argue working out, um, it helps your job, right? It helps your mindset, helps your mental sure. health. And so, uh, and Cooking, just it just what, makes you yeah. more well-rounded person. Yeah. You yeah, know, exactly. it gives you that exposure. It gives you ways to find fulfillment in your life. Mm-hmm. Passion is where you're going to find fulfillment, doing something that you care about and that you're yeah. invested in. And I think a lot of that comes with having a skill set, yeah. right? Something you inherently are going to want to do something more, the better that you get at it. Mm-hmm. And so investing in that skill set, it, it can't hurt you. It could benefit you in a lot of ways, but it can't hurt you. Yeah. That's the key, right? Yeah. It's only going to be additive. Yeah, no, so absolutely. I, I I think that one, if I was going to re-rank, that one might go a little bit higher. Might, might go up with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the, these last two, I think are, are pretty routine, but something that we've been talking to a lot of people about this year as interest rates have been climbing mm-hmm. at the very least, minimize the amount of cash you've got, like just in your actual base oh, yeah. savings account, right? Yeah. Get it into a high yield savings account, whether that's a CD of some sort, there's a number of money market funds that are, you know, almost 4%. Yeah. Right like now, almost 4% wild. right now yeah, that, for a, 
Anyway. Why not? I mean, it's yeah. liquid. You can get it in and out quickly. It takes five minutes. Get something, right? I mean, yeah, yeah 5% is still below inflation, but better than 7% yeah, exactly. in your yeah. savings account. So yeah. leave it there. I mean, even if it's for two weeks, a month, it's better to be sitting there while you're trying to figure out the next move yeah. for that money as opposed to just sitting in your checking account. Yeah. Yeah. This is withering I mean, away. This is more of a parking spot than it is a like long-term right. home, right? I, that's right. Yeah. So absolutely. If, if you don't know what to do with it yet, that's absolutely fine. But if, well, you don't know what to do with it, yeah. Just park it there yeah. and let it let it not deteriorate as fast as, <laughs> exactly. as it is right now with inflation. So yep. uh, exactly. Yeah. And then give me this last one. Last one. So and oh, my my wife is so excited. This one made the list, but save for your next vacation. It just makes it easier to go on vacation. Yeah. That way you don't have to um be worried while you're on the vacation of like, oh, did we over did we go over the budget? Um, it just it just helps. It helps you yeah. enjoy that experience a little bit more, uh, not worry as much. Uh, and, and again, that one. Truthfully, and in my opinion, it kind of gets towards the bottom of it. It might be higher for, for sure. certain people. Um, but well, um, and I think yeah. you could swap out the word vacation for, you know, insert big ticket item here. Yeah. Next yeah. car, next down payment on a house, next yeah. whatever. We for all sure. have those things that are kind of aspirational or that are wherever you fall in the financial spectrum, there are things that are a bigger ask and yeah. things that are more easy to kind of accomplish, whatever those bigger ask items are. Again, hopefully you're working toward those items in your, your budget, yeah. right? Yeah. You're, you're saving, you're, you're saving yeah. monthly toward that, but let that, you know, this could be a nice little, nice little way to juice that process. Hey, we're that much closer. We can yeah. go sooner than we think we could or whatever the case may be, but yeah. whatever that big ticket item is might be the right time to yeah. throw some money behind it. Absolutely. So, and again, the, with all of this, I think bottom line is, and the most important thing is don't plan like you already have this bonus, right? If, of all of these things, don't plan like you already have this bonus. Don't already work it into your budget because yep. then if you e-mark it for something and you don't get the bonus, yep. now we're in trouble, you know? Yep. So absolutely right. Um, yeah. I think well, here's to uh, wishing that you know, as many of our listeners as possible are getting some nice Christmas bonuses this yeah. year, nice end of year bonuses, whether you are, you're not, uh, you know, we want to say thank you to everyone that has mm -hmm. taken time to listen this year. It means a lot to us. We love doing this. We get a lot out of it. Um, you know, I love the feedback that we get from you guys. So thank you for hanging with us. Please keep hanging with us. We're going to do a lot of fun stuff in the new year. Um, if you watch us, subscribe to us on YouTube, uh, follow us on Instagram, all the different platforms that we're on, give us a like. Um, and we promise to come back next year with a lot of good content, a lot of interesting stuff, but we are so grateful for you, man. There's so much to be grateful for in life in general. And you guys listening, you're definitely a part of that. So thank you very much, Joey, anything you want to add? No, I just echo everything you just said. That is, it has been awesome. It is, it is, I'm very excited to be here at Asset Builder. The culture is amazing. Um, the way watching you and Janet speak to clients, watching our, um, our team just interact with clients. Um, it, it's just been, it's been wonderful the culture. Like I, I, I'm reiterating again, but the culture is just incredible. And so I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate this. I, I just yeah. love having these conversations. Um, and I'm really excited for the future. I'm really excited for next year. So yeah. yeah. It's going to be good. All right, man. Well, I'll talk to you and uh, we'll be back in probably a week or two's time. That sounds good. All right, man. I'll talk to you. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, y'all. If you have any questions for Adam or Janet concerning this topic or anything else, please visit us at our home on the web, assetbuilder.com slash podcast. There you can find their contact information as well as the show notes for every episode.